Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Um, I'm finally back. Uh, so I'm in Israel. I, it's been several, several weeks since I've been able to get on here. But uh, I'm back and thank you so much for joining me uh, for tonight uh, or this morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, when you're listening to this, we're going to be talking about 1 Timothy chapter 3, speaking about the office of a bishop and a, and deacon. And uh, I, I hope you will learn something from the Word of God, and I pray that you will just come to have the mind of Christ and let the Spirit teach. So join me now for this previously recorded broadcast. And hello, and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You from a remote location, obviously. Um, hey, I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo. If this is the first time you ever came across this channel, uh, but uh, normally I have my own home studio, but I, of course I'm deployed. And uh, for several weeks and months, uh, I was in Spain and I had a chance to have a studio, sort of speak, in, in my room. But now I'm in Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, I won't be st uh, staying here the entire time, uh, but right now, because of the uh, rules and restrictions of the country, um, I have to stay in a hotel for a few weeks. I was supposed to leave uh, oh, several weeks back. Some things got uh, pushed around, uh, as happens. Um, some things got canceled, and, and the, the flight actually was moved, and a few other different things that I won't go into here. But um, I'm finally back, and uh, again, I'm, I got... Tel Aviv, downtown Tel Aviv, right outside this window right here. Uh, so it's been beautiful. I got the Mediterranean uh, that I can see from my room, which is also really beautiful. And I'm blessed. Um, uh, shalom from Israel. And uh, those that have watched this channel several times, you've been kind of tracking this. And it's been uh, it's been several, several weeks since I've been able to do a video. Um, but um, I'm back. So if uh, the, you're tuning in for the first time and you're seeing this, uh, whether it's on YouTube or on Facebook, you already know about those channels. But just in case you're watching on either or, uh, you can find me at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries on Facebook, or you can find me on Let This Mind Be In You. Just type that in as a channel name for the YouTube channel. Also, I have a BitChute uh, channel. There's... Um, library channel. There's all sorts of other different ways, but if you look up Let This Mind Be In You ministries, uh, teachings, or anything like that, I should pop up on any of your search bars, um, whatever program you use for that. Also, you can find me on any of the podcast platforms, audio podcast, um, whether that's on Apple, uh, whether that's on uh, iHeartRadio, or any of the other podcasting platforms, you should find the audio version of this and that that'll get uploaded uh, a little bit later. So again, I'm back, and I'm so thankful. I'm blessed of God. I'm so happy to be here in Israel. Uh, I can't wait till I get out of this uh, this mandatory um, staying in a, in a hotel room. Uh, they're treating us nice. Uh, this I, I'm not struggling for food or anything like that. So just really a lot of sitting around. So I have a lot of time, and I wanted to take some time to get back into 1 Timothy. Uh, we left off there several, several weeks ago, like I said, um, and just trying to get this stuff prepared and back into the swing of things. If you hear some bumps and, and uh, different noises, that's uh, people throughout the hotel. So um, doing everything else. Uh, let's see. So I think I've got to most of the stuff. Also, I don't have headphones. I don't have the entire setup. This is just straight to, um, straight to the, the computer. And uh, so hopefully the audio sounds good for you out there and you can hear me. Uh, that's kind of annoying seeing that. I wish we could get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. There we go. So those listening, I was just moving around some of my microphone wires. Okay, so let's get right into it. It's a short chapter. We left off with chapter two last time. Um, so now we're in chapter three. 
of 1 Timothy. And remember, you know, this is the Apostle Paul talking to uh, his, as he called him, his son in the faith, Timothy, about how to set things in order, what to be looking for, and and encouraging him, and, and so forth and so on. So in this first letter, you have a lot of the I guess you would say the things that he was looking for Timothy to do. And in this chapter, we'll see that he's telling them how to, uh, what to look for, um, for those desiring the office of a bishop, as we'll get into in the first verse. And uh, also some interesting enough uh, that it talks about the office of a deacon. Uh, It both gets covered here in the same chapter. And we're going to come across a few of those things because I think there's some common misconceptions because of just years and years and years of things being done this way and, well, this is the way things should be done. And so I'm going to bring some things up just from the Word of God and just ask a few questions tonight like I I do. And remember, as we come to the Word of God, you know, if we have our own mind on things, if we we come in thinking, well, this is what I believe, and every single time we have this, this firm conviction to something, that's fine. But what I would what I would say, if it's not a doctrinal issue, uh, for example, um, salvation or, or or something to that effect, it's not a doctrinal issue. Every time we open up the Word of God, let's look to see what the Bible has to say, and let's have this mind being us. Let the mind of Christ be in us. The Holy Spirit will teach us. As every time we already come saying, "Well, I already know this," and they're going to just breeze through something, we're going to have an opportunity to miss something. And uh, that God has for us. So I did a reset on this several, several years ago as I was going through with uh, my my body of believers there in Maryland. um, As we were looking to say, what does the Bible say about the office of a bishop? Not about what man has taught us or these, you know, whatever this school of thought is or anything like that. We want to see what the Bible has to say. So we're going to talk a few things tonight. I'm not uh, I'm not trying to be controversial or any or any such thing. Um, it's just giving the word of God and let's see what it has to say. Uh, once again, I don't know if I'm too loud or too soft or whatever like that, but this is the first time doing it. I don't have headphones. I don't have my uh, standard uh, mixing board, so we're just going to have to figure it out. And uh, I, I'm sure God will bless with the study of His Word today, um, wherever it is. Right now. I'm eight hours ahead Central Time, so, so let's see. So seven hours ahead uh, for Eastern Time. I have no idea what time it is right now. Uh, but whenever you're watching this, uh, hello to you. And once again, from Israel. And I've always wanted to come here. I've always wanted to have the opportunity to to see this country. And I'm getting the opportunity to, and I'm, I'm so thankful and blessed of that. I cannot wait till I get the opportunity, Lord willing, that I'll be able to get over to Jerusalem and uh, other places such as that as the, as the Lord allows and as time permits. So let's get into 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm having to do this. I have everything set up on a desk, so I'm trying to get my Bible. So get your King James Bible out, and we'll look into 1 Timothy chapter 3. i got to hold this up. My eyesight's not as good as it used to be, so i got to hold this up over here. All right, first verse. Here we go. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. (laughs) And one of the first things, excuse me, that I wanted to talk about is that this is not the same as the priesthood. You have to remember that the the prevailing thought whether it's pagan or gentiles back you know the gentiles or the uh, the Jewish nation there had a special class of individuals. For the Jews, it was the Levite, the Levitical priesthood. You couldn't say, hey, I desire the office of a priest if you were of the tri- any other tribe. You had to be of the tribe of Levi. And then there was a few more things that came in. You know, just everybody didn't come in and say, well, I'm of the tribe of Levi, therefore I'm a priest. Uh, there was other things that they had to do. Um, we're not going to get into all those different things, but the, the main thing was is you had to be of the tribe of Levi. Or in the pagan religions and all these other things, they was like, well, I have this calling of the gods or whatever to be a priest. Um, a lot of that language has made it into what is, I would put the air quotes of Christian Christianity. There's the air quotes, you know, for the uh, ones that are listening. Um, it, when I read through the New Testament, 
when Paul is talking here, when he says, if a man desire the office of a bishop, right away that's that should key to you that that's a difference. This not a special class of individuals anymore. Remember, the Bible says, uh, brethren and sisters out there, that we are priests and kings. Thou hast made us priests and kings. We are all priests. We all have the ability, uh, in other words, to go into the presence of God. There's no more veil that separates the nation, um, and only one time can a priest go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Um, you know, not every, even all the priests that worked within the 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 temple or the different synagogues or the different places like that were allowed to do that. It was only one man, one time a year. And as the book of Hebrews describes very well, um, it, this would have been a foreign idea to not only the Jews, but also to Gentiles. So what I would tell you is, is to ask the question, is it a calling on your life to be a bishop? Maybe, maybe not. What I would tell you is, is that there's certain attributes, and we're going to look through here, of what Timothy and the body of believers that were there and all the bodies of believers, the small local bodies throughout the uh, the entirety of the world, okay, and, and all the way down to today, the local body is set up. What are we to be looking for in an individual who comes forward and says, I have a desire for this office? And we also notice that this isn't that a somehow we call them a bishop so-and-so or even pastor so-and-so. It's a office meaning that it's a it's a it's an area of responsibility within that local body of believer. It's not an elevated position. There's responsibilities that are given to this individual and accountability that is happening absolutely. But there's no respecters of persons when it comes to God. And what we have done men especially in our local bodies of believers is we've delegated our God-given authority and, and priesthood over to a professional class of individuals. And it, and it doesn't need to be so. In fact, the Bible says, if any man, look at what it says again, what it says here, if a man, okay, so that's really, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. If a man, it doesn't say if a, uh, a rich man um, or a, uh, a learned man or this, that, and the other thing. There's going to be more things that come into this, but what I'm saying is it's not a special class of individuals where it's the priesthood class or um, the, the, the pastor class, the pastoral class. We really need to get this in mind, men, um, as being faithful men, all of us should have the ability at any time, if there's something that is lacking within that body of believers, maybe there's nobody that has that desire to be in this office of a bishop is to say, Lord, am I meeting these criterias? And then at the same time, do I desire this? Do I desire to help others, to be in this position? It's a fearful thing. It's a very fearful thing, meaning there's an awesome responsibility and authority and accountability that goes with that, that God has placed. But it's not to rule over people. Now, we can go through, you know, we talk about Third John and, and other places like that, how you know, the diatrophies and all these other things. And I think it's Second Peter where it talks about, and First Peter, I'll have to look that up later, but where it talks about you not to be, a, uh, to rule over people, like to have a, them under your thumb, but instead to be the one that makes sure that we are all following the mind of Christ. To constantly be there, looking at that, in that office to say, Hey, are we practicing what the Bible says? Are we having the mind of Christ? Are we following through what the word of God says? But as, as other men within that body of believers, we should be learning and studying to show ourselves approved and the so forth and so on. That is the responsibility I think that we've given up. The, the office of a bishop has accountability to it because God's going to hold them accountable they desired the office. They got it, and we'll get into this a little bit more. Not for filthy lucre and all these other kinds of things. Another thing that I'll talk to you about, and I've I've talked to my dad about this on several occasions, and other men um, 
that we have this idea that uh, when somebody, especially a young man, a t- uh, like a teenager, has this office, this desire for this office, and they think that they have, um, they want to help serve and 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 be this in this office, they're meeting these criteria and so forth and so on, that we send them off to a Bible college. Now, I don't necessarily, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of strong feelings about this, so I want to be very careful that I'm not saying something I don't mean to say. Is there a place for somebody to get uh, training in things and say you're a small local body of believers and you don't have that ability? Maybe. But what I find here, and this is what I'm going to say, what I find here that the biblical way is within the body of believers already there. What happens is, is that this young person goes off, this young man goes off, and he sits under somebody else's uh, body of believers or they, you know, this university over here or this college over here, no matter where it's at, and then they, have, they start taking on these things. And then they come back. Or really what they don't do is come back to that local body of believers. What they do is normally put out their candidacies and their resumes, quote unquote, and then somebody hires them and that don't even know them. They just know that they've been confirmed, quote unquote, or um, has like they're, they're uh, then ordained or sometimes people will ordain them once they finally come into the, bio, the body of believers. A lot of people do it in different ways. What I'm saying is, is that I find the biblical idea of the office of a bishop to come from within that local body. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. Uh, because, you know, I understand. Well, we don't have anybody qualified. And I'm going to go through these qualifications here, and then I'm going to ask you some questions, tough questions, men, that you're part of a local body of believers, whether or not you fulfill these. And if you have these qualifications... Why could you not step into this office? And I'll tell you why. Well, I think people think of it as a special class of individuals. Well, this person has gone off to such and such Bible college. Therefore, they are trained and therefore they, that's a professional class. I go off to doctor school to, in order to be a doctor. You know, I'll go to med school, medical school, or I'll go to uh, law school. For those professional class, I don't see that anywhere in this Bible. In, in this, in this Bible, now some will say, "Well, they didn't have it." Of course, you know. Now we do. Well, they did have seminaries, quote unquote seminaries. You have to remember the Apostle Paul was sent to probably one of the the premier seminary of the Jewish faith. He learned at the on the knees of Gamaliel. Paul never mentions sending them off to or starting a, a Bible college for them to come in to learn. It's all within that local body of believers. Now, uh, some will say, well, how am I supposed to teach somebody Greek or Hebrew? Folks, come on. You don't need to know Greek or Hebrew. You have the King James Bible in English or whatever language that you have, your, uh, the, the Bible, God's Word, the, you know, the Texas Receptus. Um, it, we've given over that responsibility from the local body of believers. And I, and, and I hope that's telling you where we're going from here. See, because how are you supposed to know these things that I'm already that I talk about, the Bible talks about, if you don't know that individual or they candidate quote unquote for a couple months or a couple weeks even, and then you take a vote, say, yep, I think this person's good to go. Because really what they've done is they've gone in and you're seeing the best of them. When I go into for a job interview, I'm not going to, you know, lay out my entirety of my life, my, the ends of my conversation. You know, I'm going to put on my best front, so to speak. Now, you'll say, well, surely nobody does that. Yes, they do. That's why we've seen so many issues, so many problems within, again, the air quotes, Christianity with people uh, being uh, leaving one body of believers because of discipline reasons and going on to another one and getting hired on staff. See the problem? They don't know the ends of their conversation. So well, let's look through some of these, these things here, uh, verses two down through seven. And let's see if you can know this about an individual with just seeing them for a couple of weeks. Let's go. Let's look. 
Verse number two, a bishop then must be blameless. Now, again, blameless is not something like sinlessly perfect. We know that no one's sinlessly perfect in this life. You know, you still have the struggles in the flesh. We know this. But they must be blameless. How are you to know the background of some individual that comes in for a couple weeks? You could call around. You can get um, somebody's, uh, you know, places that they've quote-unquote worked before and get ref- uh, references and say, hey, is this, is this guy a good individual? Now, you're only trusting the word of those individuals. But when you see someone within a local body of believers growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they desire this office, you already know the ends of their conversation. You're around them. So let's look at the next one. The husband of one wife. I don't know how many times I've seen in just my short 39 years on this world, uh, because I've been raised every time church doors are open and so forth and so on, you're going to be there. I don't know how many times I've, I've, I got a, somebody in my mind right now, and my dad's probably going to watch this and will know exactly what I'm talking about, that they didn't find out till years later that this person had been divorced and remarried. And he was a pastor, quote unquote, of a church. Now, I wouldn't know this about an individual that just came in. He could hide it from me. But if they came through this local body of believers, as we grew in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we studied together, those things would come out. Now, I have some differencing views than some maybe some other brethren that may be listening or watching about divorce and remarriage. Uh, we're not going to get into that right now. Um, but I, the husband of one wife, biblical married to, the, to one wife. Now, we can talk about that some other time. I think I've mentioned it in a few other videos that uh, I, I believe for adultery and so forth and so on, in the Jewish customs, before they came together, they were allowed to put them away with a, a writing of divorcement. Um, I think we've gotten a different look of that. Um, so it's, it's a contentious kind of thing to get people, is there biblical grounds for divorce, and can you get remarried after that, and then can you be the the in the office of a bishop if you've been divorced and remarried. Besides all that, husband of one wife. Once again, the point being is that can you know this about an individual if they just come hired in somewhere? Okay, next one. Vigilant. Okay, vigilant is, is are they really self-aware of what's going on? Are, do they have a, a good understanding uh, are they Pollyannish, meaning they're just like, well, pie in the sky, everything's great, and all this kind of stuff. It's like they need to be real, but beyond vigilant of just knowing what's kind of going on, is vigilant about the word of God. Seeing things, vigilant means, you know, you're being aware, you're looking out, you know, like a, a somebody that's in the crow's nest of a ship. Uh, they would be on the lookout. They'd be, be vigilant, scanning for obstacles or anything like that. Very vigilant. We are to be vigilant through the prism of the word of God, through the looking glass of the word of God. Vigilant. So that's what that's sitting there talking about. Sober. Very serious. You know, somebody that cracks a joke here and there and everything like that, that's fine. But somebody that's generally a silly individual that doesn't take anything serious and is just constantly nonstop is not what this is talking about because if they're not... If you can't get to the the awesomeness and the power of the word of God and really getting sober, being serious about these things, we're talking about men's souls, men and women. They'll spend eternity somewhere. So cracking jokes is fine. If somebody has a sense of humor, there's nothing wrong with that. God has created us with those things. However, can they be sober? Meaning, when it comes to this office the seriousness of this office of a bishop, of good behavior. Once again, seeing the ends of people's conversations, given to hospitality. Now, as I go through each one of these things, remember that this is not a lifelong appointment. Say, for example, this given to hospitality, you're, you're, you're with somebody in your local body of believers, they're given to this hospitality. They're, in, in, in other words, they're inviting. They're, you know, they're, they're not trying to shun people. I don't want you to come over to my house uh, ever, you know, and, and the different things like that because it kind of starts to make you wonder, like, what's going on over there that you don't want us to see? Some people have, they was like, well, my house isn't all that nice or whatever. No, that's, <laughs> folks, first of all, if you're given a hospitality, you're just wanting to be a giver. 
given to hospitality, being hospitable to people, the nurturing, the caring for individuals. But let's just say that same individual, a couple years down the road, they're in this office of a bishop within this local body of believers, which more than one office, more than one bishop, we'll get to maybe that in a minute. But as you're going through all these things and you're seeing these things, and then you notice, start noticing that they're pulling away. They're not given to hospitality anymore. You need to approach them. You need to entreat them well. You need to ask them the questions. You can't just sit there and blast them. But say maybe there's a time or a need for you to step back and step down for a little while from this office and to figure out what's kind of going on with that. It's not a lifelong appointment. This is not some sort of what we would know in America as a Supreme Court justice. As long as they want to stay in that office until they die, they can be there. That's not what it's talking about. Any part of this doesn't say that this is a lifelong thing. If they don't meet the requirements of any one of these things, after being admonished on something, especially in love, they can't be in this office anymore. And we'll, we'll keep going here. Apt to teach. Now, apt to teach just means be willing to teach. Not only studied and learned of the word of God, but apt to teach that. There is a certain amount of, uh, you know, it's something that you can work on. As a teacher, you can work on these things like presentation, how I, you know, I, stud- I struggle with the ums. Um, it could be really distracting sometimes. And I watch this, these videos sometimes, a little bit of it, and I see how many times I say um or have any other kind of distracting mannerisms. Uh, you, you can definitely learn how to minimize that. Apt to teach. So not only studied and learned on the word of God, but be willing to teach that. However, it's not the only person that can teach. Apt to teach. It didn't say solely to teach. Or they're the only ones that are going to get up to teach uh, within that body of believers. There can be others. They are to be the overseers, though. And by overseers, it's just to be vigilant, to be looking through this prism, just like all the other men should be. When somebody gets up to teach and, and, and to preach and say, hmm, hey, brother, uh, this, didn't, this didn't line up. What did you mean to say by that? That's all it's talking about. But apt to teach, they need to at least be willing. Teach. There's a difference. A lot of people don't want to teach. They want to give a couple of good uh, life lessons or points and, and tell a few good stories. And they're very eloquent and, you know, given to fair speech that Paul talks about. But teaching the word of God is expository. The word of God is just opening up the word of God and presenting it and teaching it with the mind of Christ, with the Holy Spirit teaching, confirming within somebody. There's men that need to teach, of course, but they're not trying to teach their mind. They're trying to teach the mind of Christ. How do we know that? They're just teaching this. This alone. Not given to wine. We can talk about this stuff. You know, I don't think this is necessarily just talking about wine, alcoholic, or any of that kind of stuff. Not given to wine is, is that flesh. Not desiring or not given over to completely controlled by the flesh. No striker. Look at these things that have to do with, you know, somebody's flesh. No striker means somebody that just lashes out. Somebody that's, you know, I, I took, you know, I, I, I fought. I had uh, mixed martial arts fights and everything like that. And I trained and I, all these kinds of things. I know what a strike is. It's the boom, a striker. If your first instinct is to just pow, just pop somebody right there in the nose and strike them. Are you, whether you're desiring this office, maybe that's not for you. And how does, maybe you don't see these things, but maybe somebody else can come up to you within that body of believers of men to conf- that's going to confirm you if you have this desire and say, you know, maybe we should work on this a little while. You know, you're, you're a striker. Have that picture in mind of just soon as soon as you get confronted or something's right in your in your in your I'm looking for in your target zone you pow you just strike it. Not to say you can't preach the word of God. Preach the word. You can be instant in season, out of season. Okay, reprove, rebuke, 
with all long suffering, the Bible says. Uh, when Paul gets into that, when um, when he talks about in that in Second Timothy four, I think it is. I'm just a few pages over. I want to make sure I got that right. I think it is Second Timothy four and verse two. I think yes. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Where do we get our doctrine from? The Word of God. So the long suffering. If you're a striker, not very long-suffering. Oop, target and range. Pow! It's the very first thing. You strike out. No striker. It says, not greedy of filthy lucre. If this person, this individual, is looking for this influence and whether so they can have this comfortable lifestyle where everybody takes care of them, that's filthy lucre. Not greedy of it. If you have a desire for other people to take care of you, God tells the men how to how to deal with that kind of stuff. You're to take care of your family. Um, I don't want to get into the whole thing about, you know, paying the bishop and all that other kind of stuff right now. The point is, is that for given to greedy look, lucre. Greedy lucre just is looking for, that filthy lucre is not looking for honestly gained money. Um, I can think of people that are craftsmen. Uh, they, they do... Um, there's a brother online that does uh, woodworking. Um, I know another br- uh, brother that has uh, good skills when it comes into carpentry or working um, you know, with drywall and different things like that. If you're good at those kinds of things, hard work honestly come by that lucre, that money. Filthy lucre is cheating people out of it or grifting, you know, just, hey, I need this money and I need this money and making people feel bad if they don't give you that money. That's filthy lucre. It says, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Basically saying the same thing it just got done saying. Patient. Remember I talked about long-suffering when it's talking about striker. When it says, not greedy or filthy lucre, be patient, not a brawler. Or but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Desiring other people's money. I wonder how I can get that out of them. One that ruleth is, here's a, well, there's somebody knocking on the wall here. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Now, I was raised in a um, person's home that had the office of a bishop. And it, there's things that come along, and I've seen things that people that cannot rule their own house. I've been around a lot of families uh, that were in the same situation as us, and they had a lot of problems and issues. When that happens... This, these things happen. But if you cannot rule over your own house, you need to step away from having this office of a bishop to concentrate on those things. That's perfectly fine. It's not a, a, a complete thing. And by the way, it's, it's not a complete, what I mean by that, it's not a, uh, a lifelong thing, as I've mentioned before. And not only that, it's not something where, well, I got to step away from here and then you move to another town and then you get hired in, quote unquote, to another body of believers. That's a hireling that's not ruling their own house well. And then they're getting, this is the point I've been trying to make, is that you they need to come from that body within. This is biblical here. It says, rule their own house well. How do you know that about an individual unless you're around them? That's the only point that the Bible, I believe, is making here. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. Same thing. If their kids are unruly and just all over the place and just... How much is that person really taking the word of God in their own household and raising up their children? Just something to think about. It says in verse number five, for the reason why, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, this isn't necessarily whatever place you meet in. How is he going to take care? No, it's talking about the church of God. It's talking about other people. If you're in the church of God, other Bible believers, other born-again believers that are around you, and you can't, you're not using the word of God within your own home, there's something that needs to be going on that maybe you need to step away, which is fine, and to, and to really burrow down or to really concentrate on. But if you can't do that in your own home, how should you take care of the church of God? And verse number six kind of, gives the point and the reason why I believe this is what it's talking about. It's because, talking about the word of God here, having the mind of Christ, being about the word only. 
Because it says in verse number six, not a novice, lest being filled up, lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. That pride that kind of comes in, like, look at the position that I'm in, can happen to any one of us if we are in our own mind and not having the mind of Christ, not to be spirit-led, spirit-walking on a day-to-day basis. Because so quickly we get back into that flesh, given over to that stuff, lest he fall, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. If someone is not seasoned, and by seasoned I mean has been tested and tried and been through the, um, I guess, the fire, so to speak, how are you supposed to know these things? I'm talking about as the body of believers there, about a, a person that desires the office of a bishop unless you know them. And I think this is a very good good point because here's the next verse that's really going to kind of settle it in. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. So the condemnation of the devil was talked about in verse number six. And then verse number seven, the snare of the devil, which I believe, again, is pride. And a lot of other things that come with that, obviously, which easily ensnares us in the flesh. Once again, knowing the ends of their conversation. What is their, what is their, I guess you would say, their reputation with those that are without? Now, believer, you should already know who are those that are without. They're without the body. It could mean at another local body of believers, sure. I, but what I think it's talking about, those are without, it's talking about the lost world. Now, there's not going to be people that speak highly of you. And the Bible even talks about beware when people start talking highly about you because you're, they hated Jesus. They're going to hate you. It's not talking about that. It's talking about a good report of them which are without. A good report just means they, they can't bring an accusation of wrongdoing against you. If they bring an accusation that this person really loves God and he's always talking about the Bible, okay, they still have a good report with him. Well, he, I mean, he's never cheated me. He's never done this or that and the other thing. And how are they interact with the lost world? Now, somebody going out there, and I, I, I've seen them all the time, the, the, uh, the ones that go out there and, you know, preach, you know, hate. And um, there's several different groups of individuals that come to my mind right away. And I'm sure you all seen them. that are out there just screaming and railing and ranting and striking and brawling with people. That's not somebody that has a good report. Now, you want to stand up for the word of God and you're out there on the street preaching and all that kind of stuff? That's great. Do it with the mind of Christ, with all long-suffering and doctrine. Just go out there and know you're going to get made fun of and ridiculed, but you should still have a good report. How do you know somebody has a good report with those that are without if they are not from your body? Once again, this is... If you think about it, these things should start making you question these things just a tad bit. I'm not saying anything against how anybody has decided to do this. I'm just going about what the word of God has said because that is our authority. Verse number eight. Here's why I, this, I'm going to already ask a question here because as I read through this and as I studied through this, it just kind of finally popped out to me. I was like, oh. Why did I never see this before? Look at this. Verse number eight, likewise, okay, likewise, meaning everything he just got done talking about, must the deacons, plural, be grave, not double-tongued. These things make sense, right? Not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, same thing. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. This, not preaching themselves, but preaching Christ. And let these also first be what? Proved. We, so many times, we don't go higher. I'm giving the air quotes a lot. I apologize. We don't, quote, unquote, hire out our deacons, do we? So why do we do that with our bishops? The office of a bishop. This is just a simple question. It's the same. Likewise. There's supposed to be that, and uh, let those also, verse number 10, first be proved. Likewise, it's the same thing. They have to be proved. What is proved? It's the term that has to do with working with gold and silver, okay? Proof. You know, 
you, you try it by fire, you purified, you know, as the Bible talks about purified by fire and only kind of the things when I shall come forth as gold. And you're looking at these kinds of things. Of course we have impurities and things in our, in our flesh. But the point is, is that how do you know you have to put them through the proverbial fire? You have to see the ends of their conversation, deacons and bishops. Now you'll say, no, now deacons is totally different thing. Have you ever heard anybody uh, say they were called to be to the office of a deacon? You're like, well, that's, they're two totally different things. Are they look at the next, the verse here, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. When I read this verse, having the mind of Christ, knowing the word of God, being about the word only. There's no difference between the bishops and the deacons when it comes to qualifications and things to be looking for that all to be proved within that local body. But not just that. Not just that. Of course, they have different things they are held accountable for. We can see that in other places in the Bible. I'm not saying that they're not. I know that they are. The bishops have... For some reason, God has, has set it up this way that this person or persons within this body uh, depends on the size and so forth and so on, that they are there to help watch and oversee, and they're held extra, they're held accountable for those things that are happening within that. We have our own personal responsibility. We'll all answer for ourselves, we'll give an account what we've done for Christ. But for some reason, the bishops, the office of a bishop has been given this um, different accountability and responsibility. But this, the same thing there here, the qualifications come in for a deacon. I've never heard anybody growing up uh, in, in local uh, churches, I've never heard anybody say that God's laid a calling in my life to be a deacon. And then they go off to a school and then they uh, get hired on on staff somewhere as a deacon. I, I've never seen that. Now, somebody might have heard about that happening or whatever. And you can write down in the comments if you have. It's, that's not the point. The point is, is every single bit of this in this one small chapter of this one relatively small letter from Paul to Timothy was to say, when you're looking for men, this is what you should be looking for. And the same thing that this says, likewise, must a deacon's. It's the same qualifications. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience, the word of God in pure conscience, and let these also first be proved. This verse 10 is just really set it for me. Then let them use the office of a deacon. See, we don't deacon so-and-so. I've heard people say that before, deacon so-and-so, and using it like a, almost like a title, but for the most part, you don't. Brother so-and-so. Um, that's my point. It's not a title. It's not something that we start lifting this person or giving them the opportunity to be lifted up in their own mind or in others' minds. Respect. We have respect. But God is no respecter of persons. I hope this is making sense. But the point is, it's the entirety of this is that we within the local body of believers have to prove this of somebody. So the question is, is how do you do that within a short amount of time and weeks? for somebody desiring the office of a bishop with your local group or somebody that says, hey, I desire the office of a deacon. Same thing. Because it keeps going down here saying the same things that it just got done saying about, Paul said the same thing about the office of a bishop. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own house as well. Basically, a condensed version of what he just got done saying. For they that have used the office of a deacon will purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. This being about this. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. Now, the things that he says here, the reason why I know that Paul is telling Timothy, and this is not necessarily a, a one-time event. Timothy was the only one that was doing this. We also know of Titus. In Titus 1, 
I'll turn on a couple pages here. Titus 1 and verse number 5, when it says here, For this cause left I thee in Crete, speaking to Titus, that thou shouldest set and order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. And it keeps going there as it talks about if any be blameless, and it goes through the same qualifications. So this letter to Titus gives like the same idea. But what are the ideas? What is the ultimate thing that it's talking about? I'm glad you asked because it's getting down here to the end, and we'll wrap it up. Hoping to come unto thee shortly, just like he was talking to uh, Titus. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Okay, the word of God. Set things in order. Let everything be done decently in order. Things that are wanting, as it says in Titus 1, verse number 5. What's wanting? That are needed. These are offices that are needed within a local body of believers. We are to hold each other accountable. Yes, we are to say, hey, um, as we've talked about on this channel before, are you having the mind of Christ? Are you letting this mind be in you? Constantly being about the word, only about the word not people's egos and their their positions and all these other kinds of things. It's about having the mind of Christ. And if this is the way that the Bible says to do these things. And so, well, that's not the way we do things. How has it been working for you in the, once again, the air quotes are coming out, the Christianity world? Are churches, quote unquote, churches better? than what is being described here? Or is there brawls? Is there is there people getting their noise, nose out of joint over the littlest things and, and fighting and all these other kinds of things that happen? Yes, of course. And that's what's turned people off from it. See, people are, you know, <laughs> Satan's sly. He's not going to sit there and just come right out and say, hey, I'm Satan. He comes disguised as an angel of light. He's going to come disguised well, uh, surely this and the people, this church is, is 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 foundationally strong and you know doctrinally correct and all this kind of stuff. And you start going there and like, wow, there's a lot of problems here. It's because they're not having the mind of Christ because we have gotten away from this. When it comes to these offices within a local body of believers, they are necessary. They're needed. Now that we know that that they're needed, what are we to be looking for? And to answer my question from earlier, how, I don't know how you know this about an individual with just a couple weeks of a candidacy. I just don't. And uh, you want to talk about this a little bit later on, or you want to put this down in the comments, or you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com if you really want to discuss this more. I'm just giving you what the Word of God says. Truth and love. Okay. Now, verse number 16, one of my favorite verses as we wrap up here, one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it really talks about the entirety of the ministry of Jesus Christ when he was here on this earth, right? It talks about his entire life. Because it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. We know that Jesus Christ is God. Come in the flesh. Manifest, we've talked about that before, is just a revelation or showing of himself. The only person that, the only person that we've ever seen is the person, the person of God is Jesus Christ. We've seen the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why there's, it's really not that hard when you just read simply what the Bible says that when Jesus tells Philip, I've been, have I not, have I been so long with thee or not so long with thee? Or I, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing right now. And thou hast not known me, Philip, when he, when Philip asked to see God or show me these things. And he said, you, I'm right here. When he tells the, the religious leaders of the day, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is God. He came. God manifest in the flesh, as it says here. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Now, his angels here, I think, are, are messengers in, in this context, Okay. Seen of angels the, is the messengers that were sent out. Go, you know, has he sent the apostles? I, I think that this is the Jewish portion of this verse right here because here's the next one. 
when the door was opened by the Spirit, as you go back and watch uh, me and my dad, we did a study on the three keys of Peter. But it says, which was one of the angels, by the way, Peter, he was one of the messengers. He was one of the, the disciples. Preached unto the Gentiles. That's the very next thing. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. And so we get to see the entirety of the uh, of this. But see, why is this verse? Um, why is this verse right after it gets done talking about the office of a bishop and of a deacon? And I think the the answer is because that is the only the folk that is the only focus that the church should be about. We know this because in verse number 15, what does it say? Just one verse up. It says, thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What do we have is our ground and our pillar, our grounding, our foundational truth is this, the word of God. That is the only focus is to be on the truth. Therefore, our only focus should be on Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I got all around to say that. How do you know that someone that desires this office of a bishop, do they meet these qualifications? Can you see the ends of their conversation? How do you know if somebody desires this office of a deacon within that body? Two totally different kind of responsibilities within it. I didn't get into all that. Um, go back to the foundations, so to speak, uh, of the church, the earliest beginnings. And you'll see that you see somebody like Stephen, uh, somebody that was given to like serving uh, within that body. Huge body, by the way. That's why God scattered him. Different, different study for a different day. But... Um, there, there's different responsibilities and roles within that, but they are still to have the mind of Christ and let this mind be in them on a day-to-day basis and be about what? The word. And that's it. So I hope that helped you out. Uh, it was a little bit shorter than we normally do, but uh, not by much. But um, that's Second Timothy, or First Timothy chapter 3, excuse me. Thank you for joining me again on Let This Mind Be In You from Tel Aviv. Shalom in Israel. Thank you for joining me. Loving the Lord. God bless you. I don't know when the next video will be, uh, but uh, maybe soon. God willing. All right, that's it. Bye for now.